ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to the Fresh Frozen Southerner podcast. My name is Jay. I hope all is well. I would like for us to take a step back in time today to 1933 when Franklin Delano Roosevelt was giving his inauguration speech. And the famous quote that came out of that is, the only thing we have to fear is fear itself. Now here we sit, it's 88 years later, Does that statement sound like it could describe the United States of America in 2021? We have been hiding in our homes for 14 months now. And the reason we're doing that is because of fear. We're afraid of this new virus. We're afraid of the consequences if we go out and try to live our lives. People do irrational things when they're guided by fear. Fear is what led to Japanese Americans being placed in internment camps during World War II. Now, I can understand why the people of that time decided to do that. We had just suffered a devastating attack on our naval fleet. The west coast of America was basically undefended, and people were afraid. That does not make the decision right. I'm not trying to justify it, but I can understand the mindset that led to people deciding to do that horrible thing. You see, when people are fearful, they will latch on to any idea because at that moment, it feels like you're gaining some control to do something. Unfortunately, fear makes bad decisions. Fear is a survival tactic that we have carried with us all through our evolution as a species. Fear bypasses the logical, rational thinking parts of your brain and just taps directly into the survival instinct. Now, this served us very well when we were on the Serengeti and maybe the rustling in that bush is a lion and I need to do something right freaking now or I'm going to get eaten. It does not serve us too well with less existential crises that are playing out over long periods of time. Which begs the question, why is the government and the mainstream media pushing us so hard to be afraid of this virus? Now, with the media, the answer to that is pretty simple. In the wake of the Trump impeachments, when they didn't have that to hammer on 24-7 every day of the week, Their viewership had went down, I've seen figures as high as 60%. So they needed the next tragedy to latch on to. And the simple fact of the matter is, is that when we as a people are worried about something, we will tune into the news because we're trying to get information. We want to know what's going on. The politicians, it's a little more nuanced, I believe. Uh, We'll get into that in a little bit, but... I'm okay with the lockdown beginning in March 2020. We were afraid. There was a lot of things we didn't know about this new virus. And I kind of liken it to the AIDS panic in the 80s. You know, it, it sounds absolutely insane now when we hear about there was a professional diver that had AIDS and people did not want to get into the pool after him. And you hear that now and you say, well, that's insane. You can't catch AIDS by getting into pool water. The chlorine will kill it. If nothing else, that's simply not how you you get that disease. And that sounds now, that sounds very ignorant and maybe a little bit bigoted for people to have felt that way. But at the time, they simply didn't know. They You didn't know, could I get this fatal disease by casual contact with someone who has it? Now we know none of that's true. In March of 2020, we were seeing 
very high death rates at nursing homes. We didn't know how the disease was spread, what was going on, who was susceptible. I'm okay with the fact that we went into a lockdown in a moment of panic and fear. That was 14 months ago. We know a tremendous amount about this virus. Obviously, we don't know everything, and the simple fact of the matter is we're never going to know everything. But we have got a much better handle on what this virus is and how you can avoid it. So why are we still in a lockdown in most states? Why have my kids just started back to in-person classes on April the 6th? And they're not even going full-time. It's a hybrid schedule. They go a couple days and then they're virtual for a couple of days. When school shut down in March of 2020, that was okay. We were afraid. We didn't know. Let's take a look at things that we know now. People under 20 are all but unaffected by this disease. Now, I'm not saying that they can't get it. You're always going to have people that just genetically are susceptible to whatever disease comes along. So I understand that it is a possibility that a child will get this disease. That number is statistically zero. And as early as last summer, we had studies coming in that showed not only do children not really contract this virus, it is almost impossible for them to pass it along. We knew this last summer. My kids just went back to school. There was a study from Brown University, and they were studying precisely this, children and teachers going back into the classroom. The study out of Brown University found that the infection rate for a student is one-tenth of one percent. And, of course, the first thing out of everybody's mouth when they hear this is, yeah, but what about the staff? These are older individuals. They're certainly going to be more at risk than the school students are. And it's absolutely true. The infection rate for staff was double that of the children at two-tenths of one percent. Now, I don't want to sound callous because, obviously, that is a possibility of that happening. But I feel like those are pretty acceptable numbers, I mean, there is a chance that a comet is going to come through the roof of my house in the next 10 minutes and turn me into a smear on the carpet. The chance of that happening is very low, but it's not zero. And to be honest, if it does happen, I'll be as surprised as anybody, but it is a possibility. Life has risk. Another thing that we're doing still is part of the reason my kids aren't going full-time to school is so that the school can go in with no students there and clean everything, wipe everything down with disinfectant. Last March, that was a reasonable thing to do. Right now in 2021, we know that this disease is not spread through fomites. Now, A fomite is just sort of a blanket term for any surface, clothing, what have you, that can carry a virus or a germ long enough for it to infect somebody else. Well, we know now that this virus simply is not spread that way. You do not catch this virus by contacting a surface that has the virus on it. This virus is spread 100% through one-on-one contact with an individual that has the virus. So why are we still spending so much money and taking class time away from children who have already missed an entire year of instruction 
to wipe things down just because it makes people feel better. That's theater. That's bread and circuses. That's not helping anyone, and it's certainly not good for the children that should be in class learning something. I don't know how many of you have children that have done the virtual learning. It is a joke. My kids lost an entire year of their high school education. They're never going to get that back. They're never going to make it up. Sociologists and economists are going to spend the next 50 years trying to calculate the damage that missing that year of instruction has done to an entire generation of this country. But of course, schools aren't the only things that were shut down. Outdoor venues were closed. And again, I hate to keep bringing this point up. That was okay 14 months ago when we didn't know anything. But why are these venues, these parks, hiking trails, all these other things, why are they just now starting to reopen? There are so few instances of outdoor transmission of this virus that it is literally insane that we did this at any point in time, much less now. Would you like to know the number of outdoor, and I'm not sure how they would confirm that this is actually how the person got the disease, but right now the number of cases that experts have confirmed that happened outdoors is two, not 200, not 20,000, two. Now, just to put that into a little bit of perspective, that is two cases in a year worldwide, not just this country, that's worldwide. Roughly 450 people died in that same amount of time by falling out of bed. Over 700 people will have died from volcanoes in that same time. They have two cases that were confirmed to be outdoor transmission. This virus simply does not do well out in the open air. We have known this going on a year now, but we're still locked down. You're not supposed to be outside. Outside is the safest place for you. The irony is that we close down all these public places. We close the beaches. We close the parks. And we made everybody sit in their home. I say that as ironic because this particular virus, that is where you're going to catch it. It's when you are in an enclosed space with someone who was infected for lengthy periods of time. So we shut down everything outdoors, told people it's not safe, and then we sent them into what is sort of a custom-made Petri dish for this virus to run rampant through every member of that household. Most other countries did do a lockdown. Obviously, you see that in the news all the time. Uh, we point to Europe a lot, saying, you know, they're still under a lockdown. They're still under quarantine. What the news does not mention is that in European countries, now it, there is a little bit of variation, but for the most part, the lockdown in European countries meant that you could not go to restaurants, bars, movie theaters, things like that. All the other businesses were open as normal. Schools were open. Most of the European countries, the children still went to school. Now, we don't have mass graves of 15-year-olds in Europe because, again, children just simply are not very susceptible to this disease. We took things way to the extreme. And not only did we take things to the extreme, we did it 100% unnecessarily. In the history of mankind, we have never quarantined healthy individuals because that does not stop the spread of the disease. 
Someone who does not have the virus cannot pass the virus. Quarantine is for people that have the disease or possibly have been exposed to the disease. There is not one single medical textbook or journal that recommends quarantining healthy people in a pandemic. The idea for the lockdown, and I was sort of shocked when I heard where this came from, but this goes back to George W. Bush's presidency. He was working on contingency plans for various disasters, and somehow or another, the school science project of a 14-year-old girl, I believe she was from Texas, but don't quote me on that, I don't remember, and she had developed a plan in the case of a super flu outbreak to lock down a town to slow down the transmission of that flu. That is where the idea for the lockdown came from. It was not medical professionals or the World Health Organization. Even the CDC never actually advocated for a lockdown. Obviously, they said that if you feel like you've been exposed or if you've done any traveling, you should personally quarantine. But contrary to popular belief, the CDC has never said that we should quarantine the entire population of this country. And in fact, I've got a quote here from the World Health Organization. Uh, this is from a Dr. David Nabarro. Uh, he said this in October of 2020. We in the World Health Organization do not advocate lockdowns as the primary means of control of this virus. The only time we believe a lockdown is justified is to buy you time to reorganize, regroup, rebalance your resources, protect your healthcare workers who are exhausted, but by and large, we would rather not do it. Again, quarantining healthy individuals has never been done in the history of humanity. So why are we sitting in month 14 of a two-week lockdown to slow the spread? Now, we discussed why the media did it. They were desperately trying to recoup viewership. And of course, the if it leads, it bleeds mentality is rampant now. I saw a statistic going around. I saw it mostly getting shared on Facebook. That said, one out of every 1,000 people in Oklahoma has died from COVID. And of course, that was getting shared in all the comments. Oh, this is so terrible. When is our government going to do something? What are we going to do? Well, if you say one out of 1,000 people have died from this, just on the surface, that sounds horrible. But there's another way to say that, and it's if you say it in reverse, the statement would be 99.9% of the citizens of Oklahoma have not died from COVID. In any other time in human history, if you told somebody there's a pandemic, there's a new virus going around and people are dying, but it's got a 99.9% survivability rate, anyone you told that to would sort of think to themselves, well, of course, that's awful for the one-tenth of one percent that perished, but a 99.9% survivability rate is pretty much the best you can expect. I, I would take those numbers all day long. And let's be brutally honest here. If you think that the government has the power to do better than a one-tenth of one percent mortality rate, that means that you actually believe the government can make people immortal. 
And if you believe that, you don't have a political leaning, you have a religious belief that elected leaders have godlike powers. But even the politicians don't believe the line of garbage that's getting fed to the American people. All you have to do is look at their behavior. Don't listen to what they say. It's simple to say whatever you want into a microphone. But if you watch their behavior, you will see that they don't believe that there is any real danger to going out and being around other people. The governor of California, Gavin Newsom, has advocated for some of the most draconian lockdown rules in this country. Gavin Newsom was caught at a very upscale French restaurant called the French Laundry, having dinner with a group of 12 other individuals in a private dining room with all the doors closed. Actually, at the beginning of the dinner, the doors were open, but the party that Gavin Newsom was attending became so raucous that the staff was forced to close the doors because of the noise that they were making. Actually, that is not the first hypocritical thing that Governor Newsom has done during the pandemic. One of the first non-essential businesses that were allowed to reopen in California was the wine industry. And if you're wondering why is that hypocritical, that's because Gavin Newsom is heavily invested in a winery. Which there's no good way to look at that either. The virus is dangerous, but Gavin Newsom would rather show a profit and have a few of his constituents die off. Or he knows that there's no danger and he is just exerting control over the citizens of California. One other thing about the esteemed governor of California. California schools were locked down for longer than most in the country. Gavin Newsom's children attend private school that never closed down. His children did not miss one single day of instruction through the entire pandemic. The mayor of Austin, Texas tweeted out a video message to the citizens of his city, urging them to avoid traveling and to avoid gathering in groups. Now, obviously, if he were to send out a message like that and then go on vacation, that would be very hypocritical. It's actually a little worse than that. Not only did the mayor tell his citizens not to travel, that video was recorded while the mayor was in Cabo San Lucas. Governor Andrew Cuomo of New York City has had a couple of snafus as well. Uh, he was caught going out for in-person dining. And in the wake of that discovery, it was also uncovered that his Thanksgiving Day plans involved a very large group of people. Andrew Cuomo was very public about changing his plans, but if he actually gave a crap, would he have made them in the first place? Now, does Andrew Cuomo honestly believe there is a danger in getting together in large groups, or does he just really enjoy telling the people of New York State what they can and cannot do? The mayor of Chicago urged residents not to travel for Thanksgiving as well. He actually traveled to Mississippi to visit his family over the Thanksgiving holiday, but of course people of Chicago should hide in their bedrooms and hope that doom does not befall them. And, of course, Nancy Pelosi very famously was videotaped getting a haircut and not wearing a mask. And, you know, actually, if she had just owned that, I would kind of give her a little bit of a pass. Nothing would make it right. But you, know, if she had just come out and said, look, I'm doing interviews, I'm on TV all the time, I need to look presentable. I know I shouldn't have done that, but I kind of felt like I needed to. 
at least I would have a little bit of respect for the straightforwardness of that answer. Of course, her response was that the hairdresser set her up and it was all her fault. I cannot believe that politicians will stand in front of a microphone and put that level of disdain and arrogance on display for all to see. And it seems like just everyone in the room would just surge forward in a fit of anger at that point, but we just allow them to do it over and over again. I don't understand it. But I have saved my favorite for last, and I know it seems like I'm kind of hammering on California politicians. It's not my fault. They have just shown a shocking level of disregard for what their citizens are going through or what they might think of their behavior. The L.A. County supervisor, a woman named Sheila Kuehl, I believe is how this is pronounced, K-U-E-H-L-E is how you spell her last name. Now, there is a soundbite of this woman saying that I believe outdoor dining is one of the most dangerous things that you can do. Now, I don't know if that quote came leading up to the vote to close down outdoor dining in L.A. County or if it was something she said following the vote to close down outdoor dining. But at any rate, Ms. Kuehl voted to end outdoor dining in L.A. County. The vote passed. Ms. Kuehl then left the council chambers and immediately went out for dinner. I know that we put up with a lot from politicians in this country, and I know that we don't expect very much, but some of these examples are simply beyond the pale. And you've heard it your whole life, actions speak louder than words. And these people's actions show you what they believe the danger level of the pandemic is. But of course, none of that translates into how they expect you to live your life. And this is why the politicians are still pushing for the lockdown, in my opinion. It's because we have given these people a level of control over our lives that a year and a half ago, they could not have imagined in the wildest of fever dreams. We have taken these people who were supposed to be our elected representatives and we have given them complete control over when we can leave the house, where we can go when we do leave the house, and who we can spend time with once we do. It is a level of dictatorship that this country was supposed to be designed to prevent. But in regards to the dichotomy between the way our elected leaders are living their lives and the way they expect you and me to live our lives, I have a quote from an author named Terry Pratchett. Rules are for making, not for obeying. And I think the only quote that sums it up any better than that is the old chestnut of do what I say, not as I do. And that's just going to about do it for today's program, brought to you from the land of the free and the home of the brave. I never thought I'd live to see the day where that sounds like sarcasm. But I hope you enjoyed the show. I enjoyed bringing it to you as always. Thank you guys for sitting with me. Uh, If you'd like to leave a comment on today's show or about anything you feel like expressing, just send me an email at freshfrozensoutherner at gmail.com. All right, guys, I hope you have a good rest of the week. Enjoy the spring weather, and I will talk to you on Friday. Thank you very much, guys. Have a good one.